0: Well, Jesus called Peter the rock, and as we have noted during this last month in the Gospels, it's more like dumber than a box of them. He never seems to get it right. Time and time again, Peter appears clueless. We've talked about it before, him sinking as he tries to get on, walk on the water, he's getting called Satan by Jesus, his misunderstanding, the transfiguration, and wanting to to build shrines up on the mountaintop. And Peter is just getting started. Today, we're going to see him clueless about Jesus' teaching, clueless about violence, and clueless about his own faith and courage. Fortunately, next month, we're going to move out of the Gospels and into the book of Acts, where an encounter with the Holy Spirit makes Peter into a completely different person but for now peter is the disciple who would be voted least likely to become the pope and unfortunately that's something we can probably all relate to you ever been confused about something jesus said in the bible like let the dead bury the dead in matthew 8:22 i mean what does that mean or if your right hand causes you to stumble cut it off and throw it away Matthew 5:30? Or don't throw pearls to pigs? Who would do that, anyways? That's Matthew 7:6. Or the verse that follows, Matthew 7: Ask and it will be given you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. What door? Jesus' sayings are very confusing, and some of them take a lot of study to understand what they mean. But Peter flunks even the simple stuff, like in Matthew 15. Here Jesus is teaching Peter and the others about what's really important when it comes to God. The Jewish Pharisees were were real sticklers when it came to following the laws of the Old Testament, especially the laws that related to eating. From ritually washing your hands in just the right way to eating just the right food, there were things you could eat and things you couldn't eat, not because it would make you sick, but because it was considered ritually unclean, not kosher, spiritually polluting, defiling. Some of the Pharisees' ways even continue with us today. When I was uh, visiting in Israel one time, the hotel that we stayed in had uh, a restaurant where we would uh, get our breakfast and And dinners and things. And at breakfast, you could get no meat. And at lunch, you could get no milk or any kind of milk product. And you could never get a cheeseburger. Because this hotel catered to a lot of of Jewish folks who would never eat milk products and meat products at the same meal. See, in Exodus, Thirty-four, twenty-six. 26, there's a commandment that says, you shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. And wanting to make sure not to break any of God's laws, the early rabbis debated what this meant. Did it only apply to its own mother's milk? What about boiling in another mother goat's milk? Is that okay or not? And is God concerned only with with little goats? What about little sheep or, or little cows? And, and does this only apply, apply to boiling? What about other kinds of cooking? What about baking, frying? Well, not wanting to take, take any chances at defiling themselves, they decided that it's best just not to eat any dairy with any meat ever. It would make you unclean. And so, don't even think about a cheeseburger. Now with that in mind, listen to Jesus' teaching in Matthew 15. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them. But what comes out of their mouth, that's what defiles them. Then the disciples came to him and asked, Did you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? He replied, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They're blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Peter said, Explain the parable to us. Are you still so dull? Jesus asked them. Some translations say, Are you still so ignorant? Or are you still so foolish or lacking understanding? Peter is clueless when it comes to what Jesus is trying to teach. Jesus could have said, Are you still so clueless? Are you still so clueless? Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them, for it's out of the heart comes evil thoughts murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander, these are what defile a person. But eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. Peter was clueless when it came to, to what Jesus was trying to teach. And he was also clueless when it came to to how he responded to the violence that Jesus was about to face. Remember how we talked about when Jesus called Peter Satan? Because Peter wanted to protect Jesus from going to the cross. He wanted to stop him from going to the cross. Over my dead body, says Peter, not on my watch. This is never going to happen to you, Jesus. Jesus. And Jesus says, you don't understand, Peter. You're playing right into Satan's hands. It's my dead body that will win the victory. Get behind me, Satan. Well, Peter's a slow learner. Because when the time comes and the soldiers arrive in the Garden of Gethsemane to take Jesus away and lead him to the cross, Peter is still trying to stand in the way. We'll read the account from Luke chapter 22. While Jesus was still speaking a crowd came up and the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him but Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen they said, Lord, shall we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, No more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Matthew also records that Jesus said, Put your sword back in its place, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. And in John's account of this event, he says that the person that drew their sword and cut off that man's ear was none other than our good friend Peter. He still doesn't get it. That Jesus' way is not to repay evil with evil, but to overcome evil with good. We live in a world where it's, you hurt mine, I hurt yours. Or you hurt me, I hurt you. The mass shootings and in our schools and businesses. They make all the news, but you know, there are shootings that go on every single day. And the, and the reason for them is usually not some deranged psychopath, but the reason for these shootings is often personal. People are shot over anger, jealousy, a perceived slight, A response to a friend or family member who's being hurt? That's where most of the deaths come from. People returning evil for evil, wanting to hurt someone else. Kenneth Davis Jr., a Chicago area man, was released from prison last year after having spent more than half of his life in prison for killing someone in a park on Wood Street. And... The prosecutor called it a gang-related shooting, but Davis says gang issues had nothing to do with it. It was me coming to the defense of my friend. It wasn't about the gangs. It was the same sort of things that the kids find themselves in today. You see, all those years ago, someone was chasing Davis's friend, and so he pulled out his gun and shot him. Like Peter, he thought violence was the way to stand up for his friend and he spent 26 years in prison jesus had already told peter that he was going to be arrested but peter's initial reaction was to lash out take his sword and cut off the ear of some poor servant and jesus tells him to knock it off that he didn't want or need violence Don't you think that I could pray and God would send down 12 legions of angels if I wanted to fight? But then how could I fulfill the scriptures, he says. At this time, Peter was still clueless about what Jesus wants. Later in his first letter in the Bible, Peter shows that he finally gets it. And we're going to look at Peter's letters in August, but uh, we'll get a little preview now because we'll look at just one verse, 1 Peter 3. Peter writes, Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Don't repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but bless them. This is the way of Jesus. Remember how In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Peter will understand that later. But right now, right now here in the Gospels, he's clueless. What about us? What side of the divide are we on? Are we following Jesus and loving our enemies and praying for those those jerks who hurt us? Or are we like Peter... Peter the clueless, lashing out at at those around us, thinking that the way to deal with violence and insults is to be just as violent and insulting in return. In the Gospels, Peter just doesn't get it. He doesn't understand the way of Jesus. But then again, it's not that surprising because he doesn't even understand himself. Of all the clueless things that that Peter says and, and does... The most famous is his denial of Jesus. In fact, Jesus actually predicts in advance that he's going to deny him before when? Anybody remember? Before the cock crows, before the rooster crows, he says that Peter will deny him three times. Of course, Peter says, not me. No, I wouldn't do that. I'd never abandon you, Jesus. in Matthew 26. Then Jesus told them, This very night you will all fall away on account of me. For it's written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, This very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Of course, you know how this ends. Jesus knows Peter's heart better than he knows himself. No sooner is Jesus arrested than Peter loses his courage. Verse 69. Now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of now. "'Jesus of Galilee,' she said. "'But he denied it before them all. "'I don't know what you're talking about,' he said. "'Then he went out to the gateway "'where another servant girl saw him "'and said to the people there, "'This fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. "'He denied it again with an oath. "'I don't know the man.' "'After a little while, those standing there "'went up to Peter and said, "'Surely you're one of them. "'Your accent gives you away.' Then he began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you'll disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Okay, so what good is it for us to spend all this time looking at the clueless mistakes of a person like Peter. Well, I suppose we could could use them as a lesson of what not to do. Peter sank when he tried to walk on water. I suppose we could use it as a lesson not to ask to walk on water, but to ask Jesus to calm the storm. I saw a demotivational poster. I said demotivational poster that showed... A sinking ship. It was halfway underwater, tilted up, going down, and underneath it said mistakes. And then there was this phrase. It could be that the purpose of your life is only to serve as an example of what not to do. (laughs) Now we could look at Peter's life as an example of what not to do. My own Uncle Pete was a wonderful uncle, but He died of a lung disease brought on by his pack a day habit of smoking unfiltered camel cigarettes. Even when his health confined him to oxygen in a nursing home, he would sneak outside to smoke. Pete got hooked when people were clueless about the dangers of smoking. He could have been in one of those anti smoking ads as a warning to others. But Pete's life was much more than just a warning about not smoking. And Peter's life was much more than just a warning of what not to do as a disciple. Let's face it. As a disciple, he didn't do anything more or less than we often do. Even though we have an example, even though we should know better now, we are often still as clueless when it comes to Jesus' teaching, as clueless when it comes to our lashing out at others, trading evil for evil and insults for insults, and clueless sometimes even in our unwillingness to acknowledge Jesus. When I was a seminary student, I was uh, also a student intern in two local churches, so I was there in the seminary, I was there in the churches, but, but I had a, another job, and that job was, was working in the technical department. So I did everything from running the, the scoreboard at the football games and clocks at the basketball games to fixing and repairing equipment in the classrooms. And it seemed that everybody I worked with was a tech guru. They were engineering students, not seminary students. And those that I worked for were always campus big shots. And when I would get asked by someone who I was, if I didn't already know them, I I often said something like, well, I'm a Duke student. Not I'm a pastor, not I'm a seminary student, not I'm a follower of Jesus, just I'm a student. You see, there's no easier way to shut down a conversation on campus than to tell them that, you're going to be a pastor. And that's uh, even especially true when it came to talking with the professors. And so, to keep awkward conversations to a minimum, I would just say, I'm a student. But I wonder how many opportunities to witness to Christ I missed out on. Like Peter, I remembered all those times when I was afraid to step forward for Jesus. And I want to weep sometimes. But here's the good news. Peter's story doesn't end with him clueless and faithless. Jesus forgives him and restores him, and empowered by the Holy Spirit, he becomes that rock that Jesus knew he was all along. And our story doesn't end with us being clueless with our failures and flaws. now Jesus forgives us and restores us and empowered by the Holy Spirit, we can become who God made us to be, his witnesses. Maybe the purpose of your life is only to serve as an example of what God can do to us. Let's pray. Lord, we confess that sometimes our own actions and words make Peter look like a rocket scientist. And our own failure of nerve leaves us in tears as we wish we would have said something as we wish we would have stood up for you and boldly claimed that we know you as our Savior. So God, grant us your mercy, forgive us, lift us up, restore us, set us on the path again of following you. Lord, may we May we be your witnesses in this world. May people see the way that we act, the way that we treat even those who would hurt us with the same love and compassion as you did. We restored that man's ear. said, put away your swords. You went to the cross for our sake. Oh, Jesus thank you so much we are ever grateful